Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for deciding to join in here. You know what? This is the time of year that we all get our hopes up. Yeah, the weather's pleasant. It's even cool enough for tomatoes to be set in fruit. I picked a couple yesterday. <sighs> but it's not going to last. Yes, fall starts next week. By the time you you hear from me again on Saturday in a week, it will actually be calendar fall. It will also be, I don't know, heat index of 105 at my house. Who knows? But... I'm not giving you the weather forecast. I don't do that. Uh, as the famous Woody Asaph said, the weatherman says, but I don't necessarily. <laughs> but at any rate, point being, don't get too comfortable, but do remember how quickly things change in the Deep South. We are lucky to be gardeners here because we can garden all year round, but we do have to adapt as things shift and change and then shift again and then change again it's going to get hot again and then it's going to get cool and then it's still going to get hot again after that just count on it if you're new to the area i'm sorry (laughs) this is what we do that's why because that first cool night happens bang over you, you don't even see it coming that's why as your garden mama i advise you now that we are deep into september get yourself going on getting those plants dealt with that can't stay out all winter. I know. Some of you just say, I'll buy another one in the spring. Well, I can't stand the way they look after they die in their containers. So I don't want to do that. If you're going to do that, go ahead and compost them now. But if you are trying to bring some in the house, if you have tropical house plants, for example, that are classically known as, as foliage plants or tropical foliage or any of those categories, things that we don't necessarily expect to be in the full sun and indeed if we put them in the full sun they'll get scorched but they can sure brighten up the indoors and they do like to be outside in the humidity in the summer but i'm telling you now's the time to make that transition happen ideally if you have for example so let's say you have a a ficus benjamina a weeping fig tree i don't care whether it's two feet tall or ten feet tall when you move it inside if the heater is already running in your house every leaf is going to fall off of that tree. Now, the tree doesn't care. It will put on new leaves. But you'll find yourself looking for the twinkly lights to cover it up early, you know, (laughs) rather than you may put on the Halloween lights at that point in order not to have to look at those naked branches. But that's because you took it from humid and warm outside, and then you let the temperatures get too low for it so that you were at the point of turning on your heater indoors. And then you say, oops, I better bring that plant inside. You bring it inside, and it says, what? 
<laughs> and tries to survive. That's why all those leaves fall off. Now, it's also true that if you put that that weeping fig next to your front door in the foyer inside your house and open the door and close it all the time, it's probably going to go ahead and drop its leaves anyway because it's just too much change. So remember, most of these plants that we call tropical foliage plants, that is to say they're not hardy outside of the tropics, they're probably going to be okay in Zone 9, but in Zone 8, you're looking at almost certain, if not certain, fatality for those plants over the winter. If you think about that, you don't want to have to necessarily buy the same plant again next year. You can buy another one that to add to your collection. Or you can understand that these are the things that grow in the central range of the rainforest. They're not growing up at the top. They're not in the sun. They're not down in the muck either they're not they're not water tolerant plants for the most part so therefore we're trying to give them a moderate environment and a space that has an opportunity to give them both light and enough humidity to survive that's why we put them together in collections inside the house okay but now's the time to be thinking about that all that being said what's on your mind today triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven that's the super talk call line and of course the ceasefire text line is always open to you six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five i did not know i don't know why i didn't know but i did not know that there was a Golden Goose Award. Now, I'm, I'm aware of the Murphys, you know, all those kind of things, but I was not aware of the Golden Goose. The Golden Goose is an invention that happened when you really didn't intend for it to happen. Um, I think of the old-fashioned, uh, the product Whiteout that we used when we used typewriters and had to correct ourselves. That was something that was not intended to be that. But it worked, so they used it. We now have it, you know, anybody that still uses typewriters knows about it and uses it. Um, Post-it notes, the ones that have just a little bit of glue on the back, those were supposed to be permanently sticky when they were being invented. And then somebody went, well, wait a minute, now I can peel it back off. That's great. Well, that turned into a whole thing on its own. Those are things that the Golden Goose Awards might celebrate. 2022, we have... I want this, and I I don't know if I can get a plan for it or if I have to buy a packet, but this is going to be in my hands before very long. Imagine this. You know, the first thing you have to think about is you have to think of it in order to do it, okay? And this particular person, Stanford University bioengineer uh, Manu Prakash, was in the Thai jungle when he had an idea. Well, good, but he had a really brilliant idea. There he was with the $50,000 microscope that was locked in a room in the jungle because you couldn't, it was too expensive to carry around, too big and too heavy. You had to go there to do your research. And he thought, well, why can't I have a microscope in my pocket? She did, rather. Well, turned out, yep, that's what they did. It could be used by anybody, anywhere, and it's powerful enough that you can see a single bacterium in this thing. It's called the Foldscope because it's made out of paper. And it's, it's, uh, it reminds me of the newspaper folded pots that my friend makes to start seedlings in, which is a smart, brilliant thing, too. And these, But these are absolutely so clever. Now, it's not as cheap as they were hoping, but it will cost $1.75 to make, so it's obviously a lot cheaper than most of the things that you might get into this. Um, and it's really very helpful in what we would call the citizen scientist sort of thing in the trials and things they're able, for example, people that don't know any much about microscopes at all, 
but are looking for one particular thing or another are able to do something to find it. For example, fake drugs. You know, you, you need a microscope to see these things, but you don't necessarily want you, you want to be able to look at it on the spot at the site and see what it is that you're looking at. You can actually see a malaria parasite in a cell in one of these things. So this is this is just the, the right tool for the right place. Um, coming out of Woods Institute for the Environment there in, in Stanford University. Awkward to transport? Nope. Need to be trained to operate it? Nope. Hard to maintain because you can't get the part. Nope, there's only like three parts. <laughs> there's not really a lot of it. You can have another one in your pot, your other pocket, okay? So that was really smart, and, and it has turned into a magnificent thing, which is a, this is a great example of what is known as frugal science. That is to say, basic research that you can do at your house. Um, you may not, maybe not at your house, maybe at your lab. But the point is, it doesn't require the fifty thousand dollar microscope. It's not. There's not a prohibition against anybody learning how to use these wonderful techniques of science. If you think about it from a frugal point of view, so I like this. Um, Prakash says that it's really very, very important. We we have in this person says decoupled everyday life from science. I guess that's unless you're a pastry chef. But obviously you better know your science or you're not going to be much of a pastry chef. But the, the, the symbol of all of this is wanting to be able to bring science into everyone's hands with a microscope that cost a dollar. Well, it's a dollar seventy-five. I think that's still pretty good. Pretty wonderful stuff. The Golden Goose Awards. Who knew? I didn't know. Today I promised the folks that are part of the uh, Facebook group on the Garden Mama Facebook group that I, I would um, – Try, and I say that because some of these are questions I don't necessarily know the answers to. Um, but anyway, there's a new rule, been up there about six months, that people don't pay attention to, which is if you're going to submit a post for the Garden Mama group, it has to have a picture of whatever it is you're talking about, not a picture of your dog. Not that I don't love your dog, but if you're asking a question about your crepe myrtles, I need to see a picture of the crepe myrtles. Okay, does that make sense? So the question that doesn't have an answer, that doesn't get posted into the site, but I will answer here. One of my crepe myrtles has black mildew on the leaves. Is there something I need to spray on it or will it die? Suggestions, please. Well, if you had a picture, I could tell you whether it's just a simple problem or a big problem. But you didn't send me the picture. And I can't talk to you, so I have to guess. If it's just black on the leaves and you can rub it off with your thumb, it is sooty mold. It is everywhere in the air, and it has fallen there because there are aphids in the tree eating the leaves. What the aphids cannot digest, they excrete, and it is a sugary substance which lands on the leaves below. The sooty mold sees it and floats by and lands on it and grows. Okay? So... That's one problem. In that case, yes, all you have to do is control the aphids, and, and that's not a difficult thing to do. On the other hand, if this is spreading rapidly up and down the tree, branches and everything else, including the trunk, which by the time I read this, it could have done because it's a very fast-moving problem, it's crepe myrtle bark scale, and that's a much bigger issue. You will... Those of you who've heard me talk about it before will say, and now she's going to say, Blake Layton at Mississippi State has a great bunch of work on it. He does. And and I recommend that this person go to 
Mississippi State's website, that is to say MSUcares.com, and look up Blake Layton's work on the crepe myrtle bark scale. There will be pictures there so you can see if it looks like yours. Thank you very much. I appreciate you sending it, but if you don't put up a picture, I'm not putting it on the group. It it the group has is the group has a life of its own, as you may or may not have noticed. I don't post in there but a couple of times a week. And I don't go in and answer every question anymore because there's a big hive mind, most of whom are pretty smart. And occasionally I have to go in and say, No, that's not gonna work. But usually it's fine. Usually it's fine. Um when do I need oh, this is a great question. When do I need to put my Thanksgiving cactus in the dark so that it will bloom? You don't. That's poinsettia. Poinsettia is a plant that is day-length sensitive, uh, particularly day-length sensitive. It will bloom when there's a whole lot more nighttime than daytime, i.e. January, maybe late January, maybe even February, in the tropics where it is native. So because... You know, we human beings can't stand to just leave anything like it was. We make it red for November and December to turn it into a Christmas plant, a holiday plant. Okay, and the way we do that is by in September, which is now, putting that plant in the dark for 12 hours to 14, 12 to 14 hours so that it will think that we're already in November. All right. And then at that point, it will begin to set its flowers and setting its tiny little yellow flowers is what makes those great big beautiful red bracts on top of the plant. So that's the one that you put in the dark. In the case of Christmas cactus, which was the present the plant you asked about, but you didn't actually ask the question you wanted the answer to. It's what do I do to get it to bloom? And the answer is leave it outside until the weather does turn chilly. And then you're going to want to bring it indoors, but you will notice that it has set buds almost always by that time. So about the end of October is when mine end up coming indoors. Depends on the microclimate that you happen to live in. But when the temperatures have been pleasant, in get below 50 would be nice, but they may or may not do that. But lower temperatures, anything in the low 50s is going to be fine for them. Let them sit outside. Go ahead and water them. You might even fertilize them again at this point. I need to do that for mine. And then at that later on is when we bring them indoors so that they can be in a warm place to bloom and that we can enjoy them. But they don't they don't they have a different kind of they're, they're daily sensitive. But that's why we have some that are called Thanksgiving cactus and some that are Christmas cactus and some that are Easter cactus because they bloom at different times on different prescriptions, so to speak. Speaking of the tropics, oh, my goodness, Florida Museum of Natural History. I do not like – I'm sorry, y'all. I know y'all are y'all work so hard. Natural history museums are very hard for me. Um, taxidermy is very hard for me. Okay. I like seeing them. I like seeing animals. But, whoa, some of this is hard to look at. But I don't know if I have that problem in the case of insects. And the folks at the Florida Museum of Natural History are working really hard – to understand the insects that they study based on how they're performing, how many of them are continuing to multiply, how many of them are multiplying more, and how many of them are kind of fading out based on changing temperatures. So this has been a huge five-year study in Peru. Someone was just talking to me yesterday about the change in insects. And he said, you know, when he was a kid in the South, you didn't drive 20 miles without there being all the bugs in the world on the front of your car or your truck. That's true. And it has changed and to some extent. Now, 
it's also true that we drive faster. So there's there's that. But um, it, it is true that we have different populations. What they found in Peru was a 50 percent decline decline in arthropod biomass. All right. So that's a big change over five years. That's a very short length of time for that many of the species to not be in the numbers that they were. So what they're trying to do is to get to the Goldilocks of it all. You know, that just right place where there's just enough water, there's just enough temperature, there's just enough this and just enough everything else so that the insects can multiply happily. That research, because you say to yourself, why would I want to know that? Because that research will inform us all the way up to and including our farmers, for example, who need to know when the bugs are coming, when they're likely to be the most of them, and when we need to do something about it. But we sustainable gardeners really need to know so that we can look out for the trends and we can be proactive to exclude and avoid them whenever possible. So I think it's a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful thing that they're working on this. Half of all the insect diversity on Earth resides in the tropics anyway. And frankly, when we lose 50% of it in Peru, the, the, the arthropods, then we know that we need to do something to pay more attention um, because, frankly, that's what keeps the rest of our world floating. I mean, we're, we're not... I'm, I know it's way too easy to take an insect and turn it into, you know, blow it up on the screen and make it the the big presence that it could be to be a science fiction, fright, you know, horror story frightening thing. But if they were bigger, we would be in a lot of trouble. So just pay attention. We're, we're fortunate that they haven't decided to do that. And we may, it turns out, be very sensitive to the fact that they are very, very affected by a, a change of as few as two or three degrees in their environment. So that's what we're working on in Florida. Hmm, what are you working on today? I wish you'd call me, 888 Text lines up, 601-879-4395. I know, you're driving somewhere, you're going to the soccer game, you're going to the football game. Come on now, this is Weekend Gardening. Customers, a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. At Gateway Rescue Mission, we feed hungry people. We offer shelter to people seeking life change. 
And we serve as sort of a beacon of hope that says, hey, God cares for you. I'm Rex Baker. Rescue mission work is not glamorous, but we do see lives changed. Check us out at gatewaymission.org. Find out how you can get involved and join God at work here in Jackson and at Gateway Rescue Mission. Garden Mama here. Lakeland Yard and Garden Center has what you're looking for in its full-service nursery and garden center, greenhouse, and garden shop. Meet the professional staff at Lakeland, always ready to help you with trees and shrubs and patio furnishings, tables and cushions for entertaining, as well as pumpkins and pansies, plus soils, mulches, and amendments for your landscape and container plants. Lakeland has seeds and plants for your fall vegetable garden, too. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center, Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. If you're one of the 100 million Americans who suffer from high blood pressure, this is for you. New Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure is specially formulated for people with high blood pressure. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free and alcohol-free. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is also decongestant-free, unlike some ordinary cold medicines. So look for Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold, and flu for people with high blood pressure? Medicine. Uses directed. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. What's the best way to accomplish a common goal? Teamwork. When a team works together, they can do anything with the right leadership. That's why all of us at Janny King, the king of clean, are excited for this season. At Janny King, our team has been working together for over 35 years, cleaning your offices, schools, buildings, and churches. Let our team help your team. Go to JannyKingCleans.com and trust your clean to the king. That's JannyKingCleans.com. Jenny King, the king of clean. Hey guys, under 35, are you getting a little thin on top? Sure, you can shave your head, but let's face it, unless you're built like the rock, bald really is not all that beautiful. Well, there's some good news. Today, losing your hair is a choice. I'm Dr. Michael Konoski at Mississippi Hair Restoration in Metro Jackson. Our new, affordable, non-surgical, in-office treatments stop loss and regrow your hair. So fight back. The sooner you start, the less you have to lose. See our results at StopHairLossMS.com. Thank you so much for deciding you wanted to turn on the radio today or the whatever, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, wow. I wish I had a bush hog. <laughs> this is a great note. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Oh, my goodness. Um, this is really sweet. There's transplanting crepe myrtles. It's so hard to do. Transplanting crepe myrtles, if they are established trees, 
is just like trying to move an oak tree, trying to move anything that's really large and and uh, gosh, sometime between November and February, prepare the soil first, and if the tree is more than the size of your arm big around, in other words, if its caliper is larger is is the is bigger around than I don't know. Yeah, bigger around. Let's say bigger around than your forearm. If, if it's if it's more of a tree than that, or if it has multiple trunks, then you're particularly going to have to do the, the kind of digging that you may or may not want to do. But the time to do it is uh, really, really after things are after all the leaves have dropped off and things are fairly stable. We don't want to move the tree and then have it get hot again. So what we're trying to do is make sure that that's going to be right. Um, I'm sure that I, I mean it's it's large. It, it is hard to transplant major trees in any case, but it can be done. Um, I have once moved 24 mature camellia shrubs, and 19 of them survived. <laughs> Three years later, 19 of them were still in bloom. So I know it can be done, but it's hard. It, it's not an easy thing. Um, let's see. That's just beautiful. Lawrence from Corinth lived in Kenya, and the poinsettias there would bloom in each of the dry seasons. And he says uh, they were six feet tall. They had 20 kinds of roses with glass clippings, and they bloom in rainy in the rainy season. How wonderful is that? I've always wanted to go to Kenya, and now now I really want to go. So grass clippings is a good way to fertilize, you know, it, flower it, beds it and such. It can be. It can. I have plenty of them. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> um, in in our in our soils here, because we have such rich, deep, wet soils, they tend to make a mat, and they tend not to decompose as rapidly as they would in California or in Kenya. I certainly use them in California, but now I'm I, I really do want the balance between one green to at least two if not three parts brown to make a great compost and yes after after it all looks the same you can turn right around and use it for mulch or to build a bed or anything that's the best free stuff you can make but by themselves as a as a, a fertilizer it's difficult in our soil when it there are a lot of things that are tougher here than other places because we have a lot of water too <laughs> that's one thing <laughs> that's one thing um, let's see. I don't know what this is. Okay. Oh, the Maypops. How wonderful. Brenda's and Brandon. Oh, that is beautiful. My goodness. She sent us one picture before, but this one is so gorgeous. You're such a, you're, you're such a good one. That's really neat. Fun, fun. Let's see. Someone else is sprouting lemon trees and orange trees and plan on grafting the two together. What fertilizer should I use? Well, um... If you if they're not sprouted already, then you need simply to have a good soil that has some fertilizer in it, like a prepared potting soil, something of that sort, or a seed starting soil, which will have what they need to get started. After that, once they get growing, um, citrus trees, generally speaking, have fairly particular needs. And um, it's one of the few things that I actually buy a different bag of fertilizer for which is a, a, a citrus tone that I use from Espoma, but there are others that are citrus foods. But the point is that their pH and also their nutrient content is a little bit different than something you might p- buy for an oak tree or a crepe myrtle or even a fig tree. Okay, it's just a little different. The grafting part is trickier, 
but you didn't ask about that. So I'll just wait and say, do send me some pictures when you get that graph done. That would be fun to look at. I inherited a, a fig tree not long ago, and, and I was worried that it was, you know, it looked dead. And it, it all of a sudden started blooming. Aren't and, those the most wonderful gifts when people uh, give you the dead-looking yeah, plant? Yeah, like you can have it. And the, <laughs> Thanks a lot. The pot was beautiful. And so we took it and basically just watered it. And my question would be, uh, at what point, you know, it's probably about six feet tall, pretty you know, pretty barky, I guess. And what point do you take it out of the pot and find a bigger pot? Because it, it just looks to me, after watching my mammal grow figs, that you would need more room for yeah. them. Than she had that. a tree by the garage, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 two or three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can grow figs in containers. Some varieties are actually made for that. The only thing that I'll say is that it's I, I, when I tell people that they need to mulch their container-grown plants, they sometimes look at me as if I have three heads. But actually what you're trying to do at that point is not only keep the moisture in the container, which you certainly have to do for figs, but you're also, in the case of many other plants, trying to keep the pot from being overwatered by rainfall. So in the case of figs, yeah, it's if the container is eight or ten inches across and the fig is six feet tall and four feet wide you do need a bigger pot and that's probably why it looked dead it will if you leave it too long it'll eventually just drop every leaf again because it doesn't have enough root area if the roots are coming out the bottom of the pot obviously it needs another pot um or if the water when you water it the water just rushes through the container then the roots are too dense and it needs another pot i would put it in the ground if i could sometime later this fall but a lot of people there people grow everything in containers okay just just prepare yourselves if y'all are out there going why would you put a fig tree in a container well because people do and i'm i'm not you know i'm not the first one that ever said i have better luck with things like tomatoes and lettuce and whatnot if i grow them in containers because my soil is so heavy i live on yazoo clay the only improved soil is what I have improved over the last 25 years. And trust me, it's not as much as it needs to be. So the the good news is that we can adapt anything to a container. But sometimes it's, for example, that ficus benjamina that I was talking about before might be an eight-foot-tall tree, and your foyer is only a little bit taller than that maybe. you know. So you bring the tree in, but you realize that you're going to have to do some pruning on it, and you can. But... It's a matter of caring for it all the time, not just deciding one day, well, I need to cut half of this tree off. So you're doing a little bit and a little bit. That fig tree in a container is going to be the same way. After a year or so, in, in even in a larger container, you need to see whether it's got to go up again. And sometimes the good news is we can take them out of the container, do a little root pruning, put in some fresh soil, and put them back in the same container so we don't end up with a container that weighs, oh, I don't know, half a ton <laughs> to try and move somewhere, get get out of the way of the winter or whatever you might be trying to do with a fig. You wouldn't need to do that. My citrus tree is uh, in that position. My citrus tree, I only have one at this point. Saying, what happened to the lime? Yes, I did have a dwarf lime, and I loved it, but I gave it away. That was foolish. But it it, it went to a real good home. And my lemon tree is not a happy tree this year. It has been too wet outside for it, and I don't want to bring it back inside because it's the only plant that I have that has to have wheels under its coaster. Once I bring it inside, it's stuck. So that it ends up in the um, it ends up in the foyer of my house. And good luck delivering a package. You know? 
<laughs> Thank you again, Lance. Um, let's see. Yeah, if you have yes, Lance, if you want to move that gigantic crepe myrtle and you have a backhoe, I do love a backhoe. Make your life a lot easier. And obviously, if you have it, you got to use it. Um, that you, you, the root ball needs to be as little damaged as possible. And so if you can literally go in under it with a backhoe and scoop it up, you're going to be better off than, than me or somebody else that has to use shovels and curses because it would be a very big cursing. <laughs> no question about that. Let's see. Um, oh, Ray, what a good idea. Ray's got two questions. What would be a good time to plant a couple of river birch trees? Whenever you find them at the garden center, go ahead and get them and then plant them after they've dropped their leaves or most of them when we get to November is a really good time anywhere between there and February will be a great time to plant them. Now, the other one is um, a a good fast-growing hedge that would get about six feet high. And I just love this idea. He's trying to hide a whole house generator. Kudos. Congratulations. Don't we all want that whole house generator? Now, come on. You know you want it. I will, actually, I want the pickup truck that you can plug your house into. <laughs> That's the one I'm, <laughs> I have a serious desire for that. But anyway, um, there are a couple of things that I would suggest. The first is if it's closer, if it's close enough to your house to be a whole house generator, you're going to want it to be something that you don't mind the look of. So, Go and, and pick something that you like. If it's in the shade, I would go Camellia sasanqua. If it's in the sun, I would probably go Mahonias and, you know, think other things that are going to be a little bit big and thick, but also a little bit prickly. It's it's not perhaps the job for Eliagnus, but you might find some lovely hollies that would do the job. This is a case where you're making a baffle. You're not going to plant these things right up next to the generator. You're going to plant them so that you can walk, not not necessarily easily, but that you can walk between them and the generator because you're trying to make a baffle and you don't want to interrupt what's going on with the generator, but you also want to give the the big shrubs a plant, uh, a place that they can grow into their whole size without having to go shear the back off of them in about five years. You see that and you go, oh, that's sad. <laughs> and you can hear the tree crying. Ah! So don't do that. But those are the big shrubs of that sort, anything that's thick all the way to the bottom and that is easy to grow and very reliable would be the thing, the choice for this. And I really would, if I was doing, if it's in the shade, I would do sasanquas or camellias or both. And if it's in the sun, I would do mahonias and hollies. And I, I'm, I can't, you can't beat those anyway. Those are fun. Is it too late to prune poinsettia? Marshall, yes, it is in Tupelo. You, you're going to be, if you're not treating it, for if you're not going to put it in the dark to get it to, to red up early, as they call it, then you can probably do a little bit of pruning on it, especially if you've got, for instance, one branch that's stuck out a foot over here and the rest of it's a nice shape. I don't have any problem with shaping, but I don't want you to cut it all the way back. Because then it has to put on new growth, which then has to mature in order to produce the leaves, produce the flowers and the modified leaves that are the bracts. Okay. Good question, though. Um, That's really sweet. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Y'all are y'all are very kind to me. And I have to tell you, it it makes all the difference in the world. Um, I, I, I have said this. I ended up saying this twice this week. So if y'all are listening that I said it too, I apologize. But um, I'm not 
I, I was not raised to be a diva. I was raised to be the person that says yes and goes ahead and figures out how to do whatever it is. And that's not not a diva position. So Saturday is really the only time anybody says anything this nice to me because <laughs> I'm working pretty hard the rest of the time. <laughs> and that, that's very pleasing. It holds me till the next week. Thank you very much. Ooh, want to go to Mars? As the more the more we talk about going to Mars, oh my goodness! Now you know that it's not. I, I'm not ready to go to the astronaut program, so let's not let's not get our fantasies too far gone. But I love this. One of the things that we've always heard is that we can't go live on other planets because they're not hospitable to humans. They don't have that. That quality, they don't have the Goldilocks quality. They don't have those qualities of being not too hot, not too cold, not too this, not too that. But the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and let's face it, you know, the MIT folks are smart, smart. This has got the, these are the results of the Mars Perseverance rover. They have done the MOXIE experiment. It is the first demonstration of resource utilization in situ, that is right there on the red planet. What did they do? Well, they have now produced across day and night, all year round, they have an instrument now that generates breathable oxygen from the Martian atmosphere, which is known to be thin, thin, way too thin for humans to breathe. Well, okay now, let's go. We've we've got, that's a big, big step. Um, we, We realize that we can't, haul water there okay for example we can't fly enough water there to but we've found a little bit of water so maybe there's more now if we can get breathable oxygen that leads us another step in the right direction Uh, it's an instrument the size of a lunchbox and it is now doing the work of a small tree in producing oxygen a lot smaller We'd like to take the trees with us, but we won't be able to take them on the first trip. We can, however, take a lunchbox. Come on now, it's Moxie. I like it. The MIT Haystack Observatory says, congratulations, America. We've got you some oxygen on Mars. I like it. Let's make it. Let's go. What do you think? Oh, just wait. There's more. Did you know that Ringo Starr thought the queen was a cutie? Come on now. You know you want that. This is Weekend Gardening, y'all. Stick around. Under the sea, in an octopus's garden, with you. In an octopus's garden, with you. In an octopus's garden, with you. You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Hello. 
I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Right, you'll always score big when you shop your home team, Mazda of Jackson. You'll feel like you just scored a touchdown with the deals you'll get on every new Mazda in stock. Get super low 1.9% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And get 2.49% financing for 36 months on the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty. Have a trade-in? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Come score big at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. With proof credit on select models, see dealer for details. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no-hassle guarantees so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And away go troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Are you wasting money on a timeshare you rarely use? Cancel it with Titan Exit Group. Get a free consultation and see how they can stop the never-ending maintenance fees and mortgage payments. In fact, if your timeshare contract is not terminated, you owe nothing, so you have nothing to lose. But those monthly fees get legally released from your timeshare, 100% guaranteed. Call now for your free consultation at 800-200-0894. 800-200-0894. Mm-hmm. 
Sometimes we ask questions, and you just can't imagine anybody has the answer. But, uh, well, every 20 years or so, someone says, what killed the dinosaurs? And then someone else says, well, here's what I think, because they've just done 20 years worth of research on it. Dartmouth College is the latest ones to be weighing in, published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, They want you to know that volcanic activity appears to be the driver of mass extinctions. Now, you may recall that a few weeks ago, the big headline of the week in in the science world was, we're not really worried about volcanoes as much as we should be. We think about meteorites, but we don't think about volcanoes. (laughs) Well, okay, how many things can we worry about? Come on. But obviously, we're glad that these folks are. Um, This is... um, they, they, they're deeply into the measures of igneous and how much one volcano may have as opposed to another one. And they are actually explaining about the fingerprints, the extensive regions of that igneous kind of step-like rock stuff that, that becomes what that's what lava turns into. It's what lava becomes when it ages for however long. And those are called large igneous provinces. This has to be really huge. Um, in context, in 1980, when Mount St. Helens erupted, there, it, it didn't get any, it, it got like one one hundred thousandth of the amount of magma that we're talking about for these particular provinces. So it's really interesting stuff. But I, I just, I don't know, I, I feel like somebody somewhere soon is going to tell us, no, that wasn't right. It turns out it was you know, I don't know, something else that did it. But there's always somebody that wants us to know the answer. And I'm happy that they're out there doing the work because we need to find these things out. Do you talk with your hands? Oh, my goodness, I sure do. (laughs) There's some information about that today. Good question on the text line. Um, Don't know exactly who it's from, but uh, can you transplant hydrangeas now? Well, it's too hot today. In most places, but in the fall is a fine time to do that, for sure. For sure. Okay, okay. I'm uh, One of my very favorite fall-blooming plants is the candlestick tree. It is maybe seen, you may see it as cassia, or you may see it as senna alata. I love it. We have to, in Zone 8, we have to grow them from seed in the springtime. Further south in Zone 9 and, and, of course, in the tropics, we don't have to do that because they're going to be perennial. Even if they are killed on the top by a t- severe storm, they'll come up from the roots. But in Zone 8 and Zone 7, we grow them as an ornamental that blooms in the late summer, early fall, and they are spectacular. They're just beautiful. Let's see. We're going to go to the phones and talk to Rita. She's got, uh, oh, in Starkville. Hey, Rita. What's Hello. going on today? I have a tropical hibiscus. Mm-hmm. It's golden. Nice. And it has done beautifully this summer uh, here. And I would like to keep it outside this winter. But I have been told that I probably can't do that, that mm-hmm. I'll, if it gets below 40 or 50 degrees, I'll probably need to move it inside. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what I can do? or if I really do have to move it inside. Okay, well, there are a couple of approaches to this, but you you have the key word by saying it's tropical. There are several kinds of hibiscus, obviously, but the tropical ones are the shiny green leaves with the big flowers 
Not the Cajun hibiscus. Those are a little bit hardier, in fact, a good bit hardier. But the actual tropical ones that we're just so in love with are not hardy. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not very hardy in, in Zone 8 at all, which is where you are, but certainly you're farther north than I am. And I can tell you that there's a certain point where I have to bring the hibiscus in the house in Jackson or... They get too cold, every leaf falls off, and even if I manage to get them to survive, they look terrible for months, and it takes them so long to recover. So that's why they do become a decent houseplant, but there are a few things that you can do to get them ready for that. Your first choice is get a greenhouse. (laughs) So, So you just roll them in the greenhouse for the winter. That's great. That's not likely in most people's situations. The other is... Some people will set up a lean-to outside of their house where the heat from one window can can be allowed. You know, you open the window and the heat goes out, and the area is sheltered where you've got these tropical plants. Some folks do that. I've done that. Um, it's a lot of trouble. It works pretty well, especially if you put it where your dryer vent can get in there and add some heat, heat to it. When you don't think it's going to be a super cold winter, that can work pretty well in Zone 8, pretty well in Starkville. What I'm looking at now, if we are to be, to believe some of the forecasts for the winter, we're right on the margin between not so cold and really cold. So I'm going to say we're going to have about an average winter in central Mississippi. That means it would get too cold for that hibiscus. So... Um. Do you have okay. a Do you have a sunny window? I, I can move it inside. I just really didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll tell you a story. But, um, when I first got to Jackson, uh, well, let me tell you what happened to my friends. I, what the, they they're they're still my friends, but um, they 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 had me come and teach them how to cut back the hibiscus, wrap the top of it, put it in the garage. Told them you know when the temperature got how low, when to go turn on the heater that was in there just to keep it from dying so that then they could bring it back up to life in the springtime. I went back in the springtime, and they already had blooming hibiscus. Of course, they had tossed out the other one and bought new ones because <laughs> it was too much trouble. <laughs> so if you if you want to do that, I have no problems at all with you getting another one next year. I will say, though, that when it blooms in the winter in your house, it'll make you smile. And for that reason, I don't want you to. I don't want you to toss it if you can help it. Now, what I will tell you is, you got to have a lot of light. If you don't have a really sunny window, you need to get some grow light bulbs and put them in the lamps in the in the area where you're going to put this. It's not a. It, it doesn't need to be, you know, under um, some some kind of professional grow light necessarily. But it certainly does need to have additional full spectrum light and you can get that in a light bulb just change the lamp in the room with it that helps a lot and does a good job for it the other thing you need to know is don't don't fertilize too much okay good don't fertilize too much right now um, because it'll it'll tend to drop those leaves when they go in let it be a little little tough let it have a few blooms left on it when you move it inside it'll be fine it's going to be lovely and you'll be really happy when it blooms for you Okay, well, I'll let you know how it goes. Please do. You know, that's the thing. We really do love having flowers in the winter, and sometimes we could have had them if we just did what did one step farther. If you've got that nice, bright, natural light, you're going to do well well with this plant. No problem. I, I do have, so I, I'm going to give it a try. Please do. Enjoy really it. loved it. <laughs> thank you. But I thank you. Take care. The other thing that I have sometimes done with plants like hibiscus that are okay inside but not that happy is just to keep them at a consistently damp 
point of view. And also, that is, again, a case where we want to keep that container mulched, okay, for sure. Um, Let's see. I don't know where you are, but you're you're in the 662, so I'm going to say you're north of Winona, maybe. Not everybody. Some of the 662s are further south. I know that. It helps if you give me a name. Otherwise, I'll probably call you Hey There. And it helps if you um, tell me where you are, because then I can give you more precise advice. But as far as cutting back that knockout roses, February. And don't cut them back by more than about a quarter at a time. You can cut them a little bit every time they bloom, but the main pruning should take place in the right before they start up their good growth for the spring. Okay? Now, come on. You're going to listen to the songs. It's the fathers and the mothers. Turn the radio on. Turn the radio on. Some eternal morning we shall meet them up on the Hallelujah Show. Get in touch with God. Turn the radio on. Turn the radio on. Turn the radio on. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? (sighs) Ream. The new degree of comfort. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm JT Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. 
For the second week in a row, a high school football game in Mississippi has been canceled due to safety concerns. Last week, it was Meridian and West Lauderdale, a longtime rivalry called off following an on-campus incident. Then last night, the game between Brookhaven and Macomb was canceled after threats were made via social media towards the campus of Brookhaven High School. One minor has been taken into custody for their role in the situation. As of now, neither game will be rescheduled. And with midterm elections getting close, there's a growing possibility of a debate happening between District 3 candidates, Democrat Shawaski Young and Republican Michael Guest. Young has challenged Guest, who's held the seat for nearly four years now, to two debates between October 8th and November 8th. J.T. Mitchell, Super Talk Mississippi News. From the ground up, from the grassroots. That's how we began in 1922, and that's how we do things today. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. 100 years of farming, ranching, and supporting our 180,000 member families. From our state capital in Jackson to our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. Creating policy, advocating for a better way of life for all Mississippi. We've been there through the tough times when Hurricane Katrina blew ashore. There is extensive damage on U.S. 90. Triumphant times, winning the right to vote to protect private property rights for Mississippians. We introduced benefits like our insurance in the 1940s and fought to stretch broadband internet service from DeSoto County to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So, from the ground up, not just a farm organization, 100 years of strengthening our families, our communities, and our state. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. After a year of debates between Jackson Mayor Lumumba and the City Council, Lumumba has announced that the two parties have agreed to hold a referendum to let Jackson residents decide who will be the city's primary trash collector. We have offered uh, that part of that solution be that we put it up for a referendum for the residents of Jackson to vote. Uh, I told you when I came into office that uh, when I become mayor, you become mayor. And there is no one that has a greater stake in the success of trash collections than the residents of Jackson. And so I believe that if we give them an opportunity for their voice to be heard, uh, that we can come to the answer. Currently, Richard's Disposal is collecting trash in Jackson, despite the lack of a contract between the collector and the city council. The city council previously stated that it has no intention of paying for Richard's Disposal services. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Hill Miss Rebels will travel to Atlanta, Georgia, take on Georgia Tech this afternoon. 2.30 is the kickoff. 12.30 is the airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network. Then Mississippi State will travel to Baton Rouge, take on the LSU and open the Southeastern Conference play. 5 o'clock kick in Baton Rouge, 3 o'clock airtime on the MSU Football Network this afternoon. Other action in the Southeastern Conference, Georgia takes on South Carolina, Youngstown State of Kentucky, Abilene Christian, Missouri. Penn State will take on Auburn. Vanderbilt will take on Northern Illinois. Louisiana Monroe will take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Missouri State takes on Arkansas. Akron is at Tennessee. South Florida is at the Florida Gators. And Miami will take on Texas A&M. Southern Miss, who dropped a 30-7 decision to Miami last week, will be at home tonight against Northwestern State. Six o'clock kick there. Both teams are 0-2, so somebody comes out with their first win of the season. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Sports Mississippi. Hey, Lucky Buck here. It's time to have more fun more often. 
That's right, my little buckaroos. The Mississippi Lottery will begin drawing cash three and cash four twice a day. But wait, there's more. Add the fireball feature and you can increase your winnings and increase your odds of winning. More times to play cash three and cash four. More ways to win with fireball. Ah, sounds like a winner to me. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. The second Sunday, the NFL finds Carolina at New York to play the Giants. These are the noon early games. Indianapolis will take on Jacksonville. The Miami Dolphins go for win number two. They take on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. New England will try to get their first wins. They take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Jets will be at Cleveland. Tampa Bay will be at New Orleans to take on the Saints. Washington will be at Detroit to play the Lions. The afternoon games on Sunday find Atlanta at Los Angeles to play the Rams. Seattle will be at San Francisco. Arizona will be at Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Cincinnati will take on Dallas without Dak Prescott at quarterback. Houston will be at Denver Sunday afternoon. Then the Sunday night game, the Chicago Bears will be at Green Bay to play the Packers. Then as a doubleheader on Monday, Tennessee will be at Buffalo to play the Bills. The Minnesota Vikings take on the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Sports Mississippi. Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here. Y'all are too nice to me. These are the kindest comments. I I have to say to the nice person who wishes I was on every day, you'd get really bored if I was on every day. (laughs) For those of you who remember, I used to be on six days a week, and it was pretty boring. So now you get to wait, and I'm 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 at my best on a Saturday morning. I appreciate your kindness and thinking of me, though. Good question on the text line. You can join us there too six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five, and of course the Super Talk call line triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. When to prune out the prune the knockouts? We talked about just as we were headed out the um the top of the last hour really i want to say a little bit more about it because knockouts are so ubiquitous now and you see them prune just about all the time and in just about every fashion and every little bit of trimming a whole lot of cutting you know there's everybody takes their attitudes toward the knockouts are intended to be almost ever blooming the good news is they can be the bad news is we tend to over-fertilize them. And when we do that, we end up with a whole lot of leaves and only a few flowers. So we think, well, I need to prune it so it'll make more flowers, which would make sense. Except then we prune it, and then it puts out a whole bunch more new growth. So we suddenly have a six-foot-tall plant where we should have a four-foot-tall one. The best approach to knockouts is minimal fertilizer. Yes, we want to fertilize them. We want to keep the leaves nice and big and green. But if 
if you are accustomed to fertilizing roses each time they bloom, for example, or three times a summer, cut that back to one, maybe two at the most. And remember that knockouts are really responsive to pruning. So when you begin to cut them back, they're going to put out new growth, which will be green and leafy. That's why the best time to prune them is the winter when we prune the others in February, but but less. Just trim them up, neaten them up, take out anything that's dead or, you know, two crisscrossing each other, that sort of thing. Do that in February. And then after that, just trim a little bit after they bloom each time. And that will keep them from getting huge, but it will also keep them in bloom, which is real important. Good question. Beautiful photographs. Um, thank you. Just I just have to tell you, I'm, I'm really a pear nut anyway. And Angela sent, Angela in Cortland sent a picture of this beautiful big old tree and a close-up of the fruit. That is so perfect. She wants to know how to propagate the tree, and she also wants to know if I know anything about that particular pear. She says it's just delicious. It looks like what I know as a sand pear. So I have sent her a link to an article about that. That's another thing on the text line. You can get information from me that you might not get otherwise. And sand pears are a cross between the pears that we think of as as pears in the grocery store. They need more cold than, for example, uh, northern Florida or zone 8 and 9 usually have. That's why we don't do as well with some of those pears as we might. But it's all—it's a cross between them and the Asian pears, which, of course, we do prolifically well. You can tell an Asian pear by the discoloration on the outside of it, usually. The leaves are pretty classically pear-looking, but it is very round. And that's the other thing that, that separates um, sand pears. One of the best, one of the very, one of the best pies I ever ate in my life, and I'm not kidding you, is sand pear pie. And I had it more than once from the same lady um, because she had a tree. And it, you just, if you like apple pie, you're really going to like this. It's even better. <laughs> Is that possible? Is that un-American for me to say that something's better than apple pie? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Barbara's in Ocean Springs this morning. Hello, Barbara. Thanks for um, calling. What's going on? Um, oh, hold on, Barbara. Wait, wait, wait. Springs. You have to turn down your radio. Okay, I'm sorry. That's all right, because I'll, I'll come back in your ear, and we'll both drive ourselves crazy. <laughs> so. All right. Um, I live in Ocean Springs, mm-hmm. and I have a huge magnolia that the branches hang to the ground. Yes, literally. yes. I don't like cutting them like a tree. Thank you. And uh, I had a friend years ago whose mother had plants that grew under that expanse under the tree. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they were. She's passed away. I'm elderly. And uh, I would very much like to put those plants under that tree. Were they? And I have no did, did idea they, what they did were. Do they have big pink flower heads shaped like footballs on them? Uh, kind of. Okay, yeah. and they came up in the summertime? Uh, I want to say it was shrub-like. Okay. It, it, you know. I'm sure in, in in Ocean Springs it probably would be. I, I think you're looking at a plant called cashmere bouquet. It is cashmere bouquet, mm-hmm, and it it's actually a clerodendron. But but search that up and see if I'm right because it there it's one of those plants that is it it, it literally will take over a garden bed. It will 
tear up your lawn because it spreads so rapidly. But under pine trees or under magnolia trees, where I have seen it planted many times in our part of the world, it's absolutely beautiful because it is so overcompeted with the tree winds, but the plants yes, still come up and, and put on some blooms, and, and they're lovely. So I would look that one up and see if I'm right. I hope that you'll I be. Sure will. I hope you'll get a hundred percent better. I'm I'm confident. Oh, thank that, you. That all will be much much better. And and the good news is that even if you don't find it, you have a memory of it, and that one will grow there. So look up the it's it's Clerodendron okay, bungee, sure but it's cashmere bouquet. Okay. Okay. Thank, thank you. you so Appreciate much. it. Bye sure. Bye. Thanks for calling. Good to hear from you. One of the things that I I didn't know until I found out was that cashmere bouquet is. You'll see it spelled like the soap. If you remember that there was a cashmere, like cashmere sweaters, cashmere bouquet spelled that way. But it's also, you'll see it spelled K-A-S-H-I-R as, as from a, a place. But it also, but the reason it's that is because when it's wet, it smells like wet goats. And it, ha, it if you cut it, it smells like wet goats. It's really an unpleasant plant in some ways. But it doesn't smell like cashmere bouquet soap. It smells like a bouquet of a different sort of a of a well a different sort good question wisteria is browning um what should i do and when should i prune it it's a very old wisteria and i have to tell you that that's not unusual you're either looking you might have pests but the chances are much better that it's just soggy soil that has gone from super wet to super dry and the plant has has shrugged it off for a long time and finally couldn't do that anymore and now it's got the yellowing and the browning in the leaves the good news is that you can prune wisteria in january just like you would prune muscadines or any you know any other almost any other fruit apples and all those things so i would say put on your calendar to do that i wouldn't worry about it this fall because there's not much that can be done for it anyway except if when the leaves drop you might break them up and keep them away from the rest of the plant just in case there's a fungus disease that has come from that soil but the chances are much better that it'll respond to pruning and just grow on and have brand new beautiful things beautiful leaves and whatnot let's see um that and just good question hey sue in greenwood wants to prune back the scuppernongs and we're going to do that in january um Really, it depends. The muscadines, the scuppernongs, and I'm getting hungry just thinking about them because it's their time of year and it's so perfect. Um, I want to tell you that the the best part about these plants, wisterias and muscadines, is that they fruit very reliably. They make flowers and then they produce fruit along the cane that grows. You know, the long, tilty cane grows. And coming off the side of it, there are right angle shoots. They're literally just directly, they make T's. And if you cut that T down to a couple of inches, you will end up with something that can bloom and can make the fruit. As far as how much you can prune it, well, you can prune the scuppernong back as much as you need to to contain it to whatever trellis or whatever other, whatever prop you have it growing on. But in general, the newer growth has more fruit so you do want to prune some 
but you, you certainly don't want to take off so much that you don't have any old growth to support the new. Does that make sense? Usually we think about trimming them down, back to fit the trellis or to fit their section. If you're growing muscadines, for instance, on posts with wire between them, the posts are usually six, five feet apart, and that's you want to contain each one so that it's only covering two of those. That would be about 10 feet wide, all right? But that may, your, your situation may be different. But that's about what we want to do. We want to cut them back enough to stimulate growth, but particularly on those T's as opposed to on their length. Okay? Okay. Um, I'll crawl up and see about that one. And, oh, yes, it's mushroom time in the lawn. Now, the chances are really good that this particular photo that you have sent me, the, the erosion in the lawn is... Not because of the mushrooms. They're growing there because there's erosion. It's a a good place for them. The chances are very, very good that underneath this blank area are roots from some tree that's not there anymore, and they have just enough juice to them to support the growth of the fungi. Most of the time when we see that, we go ahead and tear up the mushrooms and lime that part of the lawn, and then at this point, I would go in and put in perennial ryegrass because what we're trying to do is change the pH so that the mushrooms are not favored, but we also want to grow something there so we don't get more erosion and end up exposing the roots. So that's why I say lime it and then come back with some perennial ryegrass in a couple of weeks and and let let that start filling in that space. Okay? Okay. I hope that'll work. Y'all are just, y'all are going pruning crazy. Somebody must have given everybody brand new shears. Prune the fig in January. <laughs> Brad, what's going on in Star today? Thank you for calling. Good morning, Nellie. Hey. Um, I've got uh, an issue with some blueberry bushes. Um, I had two this year that just didn't, they didn't, they didn't make it all. And the other three did fine. And as the summer went on, the two that didn't make kind of yellowed some. And a couple of weeks ago, one of them pretty much just crisp off. The other one is starting to. Mm-hmm. And the other three are fine. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I've got some kind of fungus or blight or, or what I've got going on and if it'll spread to the rest of them. Or as we say, just bad luck. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I do love the memes that say, well, your plant won't grow because it's too hot, it's too wet, it's too cold, it's too dry. It's too, or maybe the plant just doesn't like you. <laughs> it turns out that you're, you know, you're suffering from that. I, there's so many things that shouldn't go wrong with a blueberry that yet can. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Are they all okay. growing in the same place? Were they all planted at the same yeah. time? There are five of them in a in a basically in a circle there all together. Yes, mm-hmm. they were all planted at the same time. Yes. Okay. Um, what do you fertilize with? Um, I basically have not the only fertilizer I put out there was several years ago just some um, organic fruit tree fertilizer, and then from time to time I put out uh, some coffee grounds to help keep us keep it acidic. Okay. Is it does the area stay wet or does it stay dry more one than the other? It's fair it's a hilltop area, so it, it doesn't have wet feet. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't stay wet. Do you stay you keep the plants mulched? Yes, I um, have them mulched underneath them with uh, pine straw. 
Okay. I can't tell you why the blueberries croaked, but I doubt seriously that it's going to spread to the others. And I'll tell you why. When we have, there's a, there's a phenomenon in, in gardening or in horticulture that says if you plant five crepe myrtles that all have white flowers in a row, the third one from the left is going to be pink for no reason, okay? Even though they were the same plants, they were bought at the same time, they were planted at the same time. So we have to, there's part of it that's just the vagaries of the fact that we are dealing with growing things. I am a little bit concerned because two of them have gone. I would like for you to dig the one up that looks the worst and see if there's anything, for example, if the soil is very, very dry, if there's anything eating the roots, if the roots are completely gnawed off and gone, you know, then we know that it either dried out completely or something happened to stop it from that particular one from being able to grow. It's not unusual for us to lose one out of 20, but two out of five is a little bit on the, the iffy side. Um, so I would say that I, w- I want you to do a little more investigating and find out what's going on with that one. Have you, did you ever test the soil in that area? Actually, I've dug up the samples. I haven't seen anything yet. Okay. The reason I say that is because sometimes blueberries are such acid lovers. They're like camellias and hollies in that regard, and, and even um Cape jasmine, gardenias. So sometimes we don't see what we want to see out of them because they've literally stopped being able to use the soil that we're giving them and use the fertilizer that we're giving them. You're doing exactly the right things. And so that's why I feel like it's going to be something isolated. It's going to, it's going to be that, there's, for example, okay. you could have, right, there could well. have been a string trimmer, there could have been a lawnmower that could get to one of them, but it wouldn't get to two of them. So that's why I want you to look at the soil underneath one and get that soil test done. Call me back and let me know because you're going to you're going to be in my curiosity until I hear from you. <laughs> Thank you very Absolutely. much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's it's unusual. It's not it, it it happens okay, but it's unusual for it to be two out of five in one spot unless we've got a a, a soil problem of some sort. Good good questions though. Really smart. Let me see. Um, I have to look, climb up in here and look at that picture a little bit better. We've looked at the mushrooms. We've looked at the figs. And, um, oh, my goodness. Lance, this is a good question. It starts with exhaustion. I had about 90 azaleas that I planted. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I took a job once pruning those 90s. <laughs> Not this 90, but another 90. Well, that was a long month. But anyway, about half of them made it. Okay. What else would grow underneath pine trees in very heavy clay soil? That's the case for that cashmere bouquet. Um, It's a really good place for that particular plant, and that's one you can get easily from folks because they don't want it. It grows grows anywhere. (laughs) Unfortunately, it'll take over your flower bed. But I like that. I also like, in, in that same circumstance underneath um, pines, I like hardy ferns. There's a lot to um, there's a lot to that space. Some of it depends on whether your pine trees have their roots above ground or whether they're well planted, you know, all of those things. But consider cashmere bouquet and consider a little bit, if you, if you don't mind a, 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 another look or something, consider those ferns. They're not going to bloom, but they sure are pretty. They'll be nice against the pine trees. Well, we have to step over to Lula now. This is Ocratone Records, my friends. Come on, come right back. This is Weekend Gardening. 
working on a farm way down south. I went to school against my will way down south. I kissed girls and I shot squirrels out behind my house. I learned a lot about this world way down south. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect, or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work. Or in some cases, no work at all. Costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. What's the best way to accomplish a common goal? Teamwork. When a team works together, they can do anything with the right leadership. That's why all of us at Janny King, the king of clean, are excited for this season. At Janny King, our team has been working together for over 35 years, cleaning your offices, schools, buildings, and churches. Let our team help your team. Go to JannyKingCleans.com and trust your clean to the king. That's JannyKingCleans.com. Jenny King, the king of clean. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Over the past 30 years, I've had people come up to me, often other lawyers, to tell me what a clever marketing idea it was for Cordell & Cordell to commit to men in divorce. Though intended as a compliment, such statements have always bothered me. For one thing, it's far from clear that a decision that's likely to disaffect half the market is a good business decision. But more troubling is the presumption that Cordell & Cordell's success is largely a result of good marketing. I think if you ask one of our 300-plus attorneys or one of our 100,000-plus former clients that you'd hear a lot about practice skills, experience, client care, and integrity. These are the much harder things that best account for the growth and reputation over time of any law firm, including Cordell & Cordell. Having said all this, I am proud of our marketing messages, and I do want guys to know that we're here to help them. If we can help you, give us a call. Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Hostile takeover or gracious buyout? Dr. Michael Ziegler opens our 90th season of broadcasting with a message about living under new ownership. This week on The Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Supertalk 97.3. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. What are the best-dressed homes wearing this fall? Miss Kelly's Furniture. Cozy up to the latest styles, from classic to contemporary and everything in between. Dress up your home and save as much as $300 and spread your payments out over five years with no money down. Play with patterns. Add some drama. 
or just some finishing touches. With $300 off and five-year special financing, updating for fall isn't just easy, it's so much fun. Happy fall, y'all, from Miss Kelly's. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. If you are one of those people that just think I should be around every day, and I appreciate that very, very much, you should subscribe to my newsletter, because then at least you'll hear from me on Fridays, and it also gives you access, of course, to my email box and to um, people. People say, you know, you answer every question. Sometimes it takes a while, but since I'm a subscriber, you seem to answer more often. Well, actually, there's a flag by your name so that I know that I need to get there quicker. At some times of the year, like this last week, everybody wants to know everything. And I'm more than happy to provide the answers. Some of them are in the newsletter. So get in touch with me, mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I'll be happy to tell you how to do that. Um, I am beginning the campaign for the annual renewal of the newsletter. Which, for those of you who are wondering, does mean that, yes, I intend to do it for another year. So that's, that's always, the, I have to make that decision. I, back in the day when we used to have the big events at Crystal Springs and we had the Fall Garden Fests there um, before the pandemic and, and some other things changed, the opportunity was there to go and actually talk to people and, and see programs, more programs in one place about gardening and than, than you could possibly imagine, um, aquaculture and all sorts of other things. But it was also a wonderful place to meet people, and therefore the newsletter began at that point in the year. Well, I've, I moved it last year up to where it begins in January, <laughs> kind of like the rest of the year. And that's why some folks are saying, well, I need to renew. Well, no, I actually don't need to renew until the beginning of the year this year. Everybody's getting a little bit extra. Speaking of extra, how many kinds of mustard greens do you think there are? Well, I, I know of at least eight. And I don't grow all of them, but I, I have run into them. I've always been sort of, um, what's the word? Well, I wasn't sure if they were baloney in me to say there was mustard in that spring mix or there were mustards in that mescaline mix or there was some other lettuce mix. But if you taste them individually, you'll eventually come to a mustard. It just won't look like the mustard greens that you have been eating forever. And so there's, that's where I started into my investigation of these varieties. The really good news is, for example, um, talking about wanting that pH to be near neutral and wanting it to be acid for blueberries and all these other things. Mustard greens pretty much grow where you plant them, but if you do improve the soil, they'll do even better in a, a neutral, a, a near neutral, doesn't have to be exactly neutral, but a near neutral pH helps a lot in the growing of the greens. If you only grow um, collard greens, for example, it's a little different. That Those are colder weather crop and, and have a little bit easier time when the weather gets cold. Mustard greens need to be now. And spinach is pretty much now, too, you know. So there we are. Jackie and Brandon says, what are those called, the red flowers that are coming up now? 
I'm going to tell you that your your friend who told you that they are the naked ladies, they should have pink flowers on them if they're the naked ladies. But the the name naked ladies, and there is, yes, I know y'all. There's a garden club with that name. They're nice. They make the best cake. We have so much fun. But anyway, they um they're they're the the ones you're talking about are red spider lilies. Now this whole family is the Lycoris family of fine plants. They bloom on a stem that shoots up with no leaves around it. That's why it's called Naked Lady. Belladonna also does that, but it, it, and it looks very, very similar to the Lycoris squamigera, which is the pink-flowered one that we're talking about. But we're looking at um, Lycoris radicans, I think it is, or radiata or something. Anyway, the one that has the red things that radiate all out around from the center. They are called red spider lilies. The group is known as naked ladies, but the one that's called naked lady is actually a pink flower. Um, I'll tell you about that bulb. Someone gave me three of them years ago, and I planted one in a carefully selected place. It died. The two that I planted just because I needed to get them into the ground have come up every year since then, and they are spectacular. This year, they bloomed last month i think and they bloomed on two foot three foot tall stems they were just beautiful because there was so much water in the garden there's in fact um good morning jerry palmer jerry's doing a a contest if you're a a follower of his um on the on the facebook on the social medias but he's looking for the tallest red spider lily right now and he's giving away one of his books as a prize because there was so much water this year that they literally the ones in my yard are also blooming on really tall stems and it's just fun. I was tickled to see that he's doing that. So if you if your area has the same thing, you start you can start a contest too. Just put it on your your social media and get your friends to send in pictures. It's I know that sounds so simple, but it's fun to do. And why not? Okay, just why not? I think you absolutely should do that. The red spider lilies, the golden ones are the ones that I really like a lot. They're much more expensive and much rarer, and probably, I mean, that's not why I like them. But the reason I like them is because each stem then has four little pinwheels of flowers on it. They're very, they're complicated. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, that's great. Papa D has got uh, fall cantaloupes and potatoes coming along. My potatoes have just grown crazy they are now up over their pot, still getting taller and taller, so I'm in hopes I might have potatoes before Thanksgiving. That would be fun. That would just be terrific. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Andrea and Madison can really, she's a grower. She can grow some plants. This is um, Tithonia, the, the, the Mexican uh, sunflower. And it's 12 feet tall. That's really not that unusual. <laughs> yes, you can trim it, but you can also just put it in the back and let other stuff come up and don't fertilize it because it's going. It, it is a big plant, and when it when it's right, it's as beautiful as this one. I can see though it's a little surprising because it's so much taller than the things around it. And I have uh, I, I'm reminded of confederate rose the hibiscus that gets very very tall and starts putting on flowers at this time of year that's another one that you might you'd know it was in your flower bed but you really didn't know it was there until it was towering over everything else and blooming just madly the way this one is it's just lovely (laughs) really pretty (laughs) congratulations um let's see the night blooming cereus has air roots growing off of it 
does this mean that it's too crowded? Not necessarily. It does mean that it is a slightly mature plant and that if you want to make more, you can certainly just put a container next to it with some soil in it, weigh that branch down a little bit, and it'll root really fast. Oftentimes, there's a crowding in the container or there's a... It, I mean, it could be that it's, but you don't necessarily need to repot it. You may, this may be calling upon you to start some new plants or to fruit to do a little bit of frugal pruning. Um, I have one that I don't think is going to fit back into the house, but indeed, most of those leaves are ruined anyway in the the classic sense. So I'm going to be able to do some pruning and get the thing in the house. I'm still not going to repot it. This is the one I've told you that when I post the pictures of it, my friends who grow them and know more than I do about Sirius because they specialize in them, tell me everything I should do to this plant. And I just go, you know, it's still blooming, so I'm not going to leave it alone. But, yes, it would probably be a fine idea. If you can repot yours and still get it in the house, Andrea, I would certainly repot it. It doesn't mean it's overcrowded. What it means is that the roots are in some way compromised or that the plant has just matured to the point where it's sending out air roots. I've got air roots on a bunch of mine, too, and I don't, I don't really worry about that too much. What good questions. Fall cantaloupes. Goodness gracious. Someone asked last week, and I'm happy to say, yes, I endorse this particular um, point of view. They were thinking about getting one of those pop-up flower houses to put outside but close, you know, in, in a sheltered area, so there would still be sunlight on their tropical plants, and at the same time, they would be protected or have a little bit more um, control over the temperature in it. For example, you might decide to put a light in it, or you might do something else, but you're in control of it at that point. I will have a, have only one piece of advice, and I learned this myself, by sadly, but I want you to. Um, Get one with a zipper so that you can literally go out and open it up a little bit and let some air in to ventilate that space. We have so many days in the wintertime that are just hot, and we need to give them an opportunity to get some air exchange going and at the same time to have the opportunity to, frankly, get a, a little bit different air. Sometimes inside that closed unit, particularly where we're talking about a lot of sunlight, it's almost too heavy and the plants can suffer from it. So you need to ventilate. That's why all greenhouses have at least a door that opens, if not a fan that kicks on at a certain temperature. It just it makes a lot of sense. And they're beautiful little houses. There's not any reason you know, not to have one because they're cute as they can be. Yes, I am growing cornflowers. I, I had that question um, this week, too, and it's it's wonderful. I'm, I'm very happy to tell you that they will grow. If you're planting them now, you could be expecting them 75 days, all right? So mid-September to mid-October to mid-November, the end of November, you'd be cutting them. Then, of course, you can plant again in October, those plants are going to do more like larkspur and have a a growth period and then slow down a little bit and then have another growth period. Okay, so we, we have a couple of different ways to handle cornflowers. And frankly, they're one of the easiest of what is traditionally known as a cut flower, one of the easiest ones to grow. I know that there's a lot of things we discover and a lot of things, but... But when we get to this whole business of nature-informing tech, we'll hear about 
we'll, we'll hear about an artificial intelligence. We'll hear about an AI that that's being used using the butterfly wing to mimic motion or to do something in particular, one thing or another. I think the one that's in this week's news is perhaps the most interesting to me. How do we get sustainable? All right, y'all know that that's that's the word. I, I get every now and then I get a note from somebody that says, why do you say that word? Well, because it's a word. It's an important word. What it means is something that we can do efficiently, that we can continue to do. All right? I could go, I could take up ballroom dancing. All right? But I've had three surgeries on my knee and I hate high heels. So the chances of that being a sustainable activity for me are slim to none. However, because we want renewable energy, I would really like, I'm telling you, I want the truck I can plug my house into, not just in an emergency situation, but that would be a big help. But this whole business of renewable energy and electric vehicles or or electric enabled vehicles is really putting pressure on the battery people. Now, you may think of batteries as I do, as as the Duracell bunny guy, you know, the bunny running across, the, or Energizer bunny, whatever that is, or the Duracell smacking things together to make loud noises. Well, that's the babies, all right? The batteries that I'm talking about here are much more capable. Publishing this month in the journal Matter, which I've always thought is such an ironic name because everything in there matters, but it's also about matter, about physical things. Scientists have created a zinc battery, we want that, with a biodegradable electrolyte. That's exciting, okay? That takes the waste problem off the table in in a big chunk. Made from crab shells. Mm -hmm, That's right. Thank you very much. Now, Why are we doing this? Well, because we're testing everything for batteries, for one thing. (laughs) So eventually they were going to get to crab shells, and there are a whole lot of them out there. So the folks folks want you to know that that ironically, this is, or maybe not ironically, this comes from the University of Maryland, you know, home of the crab cake, all that kind of stuff. Their Center for Materials Innovation says, for example, they use a whole lot of polypropylene and polycarbonate separators in lithium-ion batteries. They will be here many, many, many moons past their effectiveness as a battery because they don't degrade. If we have an electrolyte that is degradable that can be turned into something else or that on its own does turn into something else, it is, in fact, biodegradable, we're way ahead in terms of both the impact of the tool itself, the battery itself, as well as the process. So this is really very exciting. I'm a big fan of of, of kytos, kytosan, as it is the, the material that is in the shells of shrimp and crawfish and crabs and such as that. It is a really cool material. It is the one thing that they have taken and formulated into a product that prevents the reinfestation of nematodes, for example. They don't they don't do the chitin very well, so that's a, that's one use of it. We got a lot of them, but all of these exoskeletons pile up, okay, and that's one reason why we really want to use them. This means that two thirds of this battery, instead of having a thing that works a while and then sits around for the rest of eternity and doesn't ever degrade and takes up environmental concerns, this one two thirds of the battery can be broken down by microbes. Now, come on. You know that's more efficient. I say 
eat more crab. We really need some more of these shells, don't we? I need to worry. Can I sell my shrimp shells to somebody? Hmm. Think about it. Step away a moment and come right back. This is Weekend Gardening. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. That's right. You'll always score big when you shop your home team, Mazda of Jackson. You'll feel like you just scored a touchdown with the deals you'll get on every new Mazda in stock. Get super low 1.9% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And get 2.49% financing for 36 months on the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty. Have a trade-in? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Come score big at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. With group credit on select models, see dealer for details. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations. Community outreach programs and quality jobs for nearly 400 Mississippians. Our commitment to building healthier communities in Mississippi has never been stronger. Learn more at magnoliahealthplan.com slash benefits. 
Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden Center. Brighten the coming fall days and spice up your porch with the magnificent colors of cushion mums in bud and bloom. Lakeland has them. While you're there, be sure to check out the large selection of tropical plants and citrus trees for your sunroom, too. And don't forget to pick up winterizer for your lawn. Fall feeding promotes deep root growth and helps your lawn weather the winter. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center, Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. Are you wasting money on a timeshare you rarely use? Cancel it with Titan Exit Group. Get a free consultation and see how they can stop the never-ending maintenance fees and mortgage payments. In fact, if your timeshare contract is not terminated, you owe nothing, so you have nothing to lose. But those monthly fees get legally released from your timeshare, 100% guaranteed. Call now for your free consultation at 800-200-0894. 800-200-0894. Well, I got a little garden in my backyard, a little hoeing, a little mowing, but the work ain't hard. It's the cutest little place that you ever did see. I've been working in the garden till I turned green. Flies, birds, and bees, and heck, I got a compost pile that's up to my neck. I planted strawberries, corn, okra, and beans. I've been working in the garden till I turn green. And that is the Georgia Report <laughs> from my friend Eddie. Now, you too can record songs. You may or may not make it into the broadcast, but I love hearing them, and thank you for sending them to me. People do. People send me a lot of fun stuff. So in the category of things we really need, things we should have already known about, What killed the dinosaurs? Well, they want us to believe that it is volcanoes. Now we have a whole new series of suggestions, actually research that's pretty serious. But when you've known everything, when you've known something about something, and then everything changes about that something, sometimes we don't believe it. Sometimes we're, we're the doubters. And that's not a bad thing. But it does help if you pay attention to where the research comes from because it could very well be true. And in this case, University of California, Santa Barbara, they're pretty obsessed with volcanoes. They have have a lot of concern about earthquakes, too, as you might imagine. But they have been working working on Iceland's eruptions, the the name of the the volcano there that um, begins with an F and, and ends with jail, and I don't know how to pronounce the rest of it. What they have been working on, of course, trying to understand, and now they're telling us that everything we knew about volcanoes is wrong. That's disturbing because we've studied them for a long time. I've walked on one. I've been lucky enough to be there when the one in Hawaii was erupting. That's pretty exciting stuff. But if I had known that they didn't know what was happening, I might not have walked out there because, well, maybe they were wrong, you know. any rate, I do love this in publishing in the journal Nature, so it's not something that, you know, you're going to have to discount. This is the real stuff. I love this. It took a sabbatical, a pandemic, and 780 years of melting subterranean rock to put this particular researcher in the right place at the right time to witness this incredible eruption. You may recall it because we were all kind of sitting around looking for something to be interested in. This was in March of 2021. (laughs) And in fact, yeah, 
they were they were worried. They knew it was coming. You can they measure these things, and particularly in a place, of course, like Iceland, which is built from built on and built in volcanoes, they pay attention to it. This was an earthquake swarm. All right, in just a few weeks. On the Richter scale, four four to five and higher than that, there were 50,000 timblers in that area before it erupted. So they knew something was coming. They didn't sleep, needless to say. Everybody's worried about it. But the lava did bubble up and splattered out. And what they found out was how far beneath the surface it had been stored. Everybody thought that, that what erupted was what had been had come up into a certain part of the volcanic cone, not the part that goes all the way up, but they really thought they knew where this stuff came from. Turns out it comes from a whole lot deeper in the earth, so that makes it a lot harder to predict, which makes it a lot dicier when it comes, which takes us back to the meteorite people, I mean, the volcano people saying we should worry about volcanoes more than meteorites. I'm thinking they're making a pretty good case. I'm thinking they're making a pretty good case. My goodness. Oh, the persimmons are plentiful. Oh, my goodness. Um, That's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, John. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, That's just gorgeous. My goodness. Photographer. Now, I will say that it it does look as if you need to be hurrying up with the persimmons because they're pretty ripe. (laughs) I'll give you that. I do love persimmons. I'm, um, I'm a big fan of being able to you can literally put the fruit in the freezer and it turns into its own kind of yogurt sort of stuff it's sweet as can be the ones that are a lot more on the the sharp side as we say or they say i don't say that but it's alkaline um those those are different those are are different and a different sort of taste but the real sweet ones are something that anybody can like and i think i mean come on couldn't we do something for the uh can we do something for the persimmon world? Wouldn't you rather have persimmon spice <laughs> than so much pumpkin spice? I would I would actually go get that cup of tea, I think. Faye's in West Point. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Faye, thank you for calling. Uh, yes, Garden Mama? Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, uh, I didn't get to hear the uh, part that you had on about the lemon trees. I don't want you to repeat all of that, but... Uh, I planted some seeds just to see what was going to happen. I've mm-hmm. never done it before. Mm-hmm. And I put about, uh, I had plenty of seeds, so I, I, I put about six or eight seeds in, in about a four, about a six inch pot mm-hmm. just to see if they'd come up. Sure. Well, every one of them come up. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, and now they're about, I'd say maybe three inches tall, two and a half to three inches tall. Mm-hmm. What do I do now? Okay. I have a greenhouse. So I'll be able to put them in the greenhouse, or do I put them in a windowsill during the winter? No, greenhouse is going to be the the, the greenhouse is going to make them very, very happy. I would put if I had if I had ten lemons sprouted in a small pot. Let's just take that random number. I would put two in a six-inch pot because one's probably not going to make it. But the other one will, and if they both make it, it'll be a beautiful container of citrus leaves in no time. But I would say about two in a six-inch pot is plenty because they are going to grow quickly, especially in the greenhouse environment. Okay, because they they have really grown. Yeah. It seems like yeah. I, I think you've got the touch. Three or four days, and they shot. Okay, now I heard you telling uh, the gentleman or the lady whoever he was telling me about the citrus um, fertilizer. Do mm-hmm. I do anything to them while they're three inches tall? 
If you have any other, if you have a fertilizer after you um, repot them into a slightly larger container, yes, you'll you can fertilize them with just about anything that you would mix in the water right now. All you're trying to do is get them established and get them growing. What I like for a citrus tree that I'm trying to make citrus off of is a citrus fertilizer because it has they have such specific needs and the one that i get is widely available it's an espoma called citrus citratone or citrustone and it's not hard to find at all but it's it just is it's just enough different that it seems to make that plant do better than i can with anything else yeah well this was just done on a hoax Fun. <laughs> and, and, and I, I then got hoaxed out with lemons. Well, with then, lemons. and they all came up. The not good lemons. news, the really good news is that, that they're, they all came up. Now, they may not, because they're seeds from a plant, from a fruit, they may or may not be something that's going to turn into a lemon tree and produce for you forever. They might, but they, they might not. But they will be absolutely beautiful pots of bright green leaves that are just healthy and happy and lovely to have around. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that that's my main thing is just to have something uh, green and, yes. you know, just yes. to say, hey, this is a lemon tree. Yeah. It might have lemons and it might not. Surprise, y'all. <laughs> I, appreciate your, I appreciate your time and I enjoy your show. Thank you, Faye. I appreciate you very, very much. Thank you so much. Say hello to everybody in West Point. I hadn't been there in too long. By the way. I'm ready to travel, so if you want me to come to your town, you need to get in touch with the folks at your local Super Talk, or you need to get in touch with me, and uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We need to be booking next spring, as a matter of fact, because things are starting to pop, and I'm I'm happy about that. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm very happy about it. <laughs> Just wonderful. You know, gardening is such a fun thing. Gardening is such a a radical, wonderful opportunity for all of us. Um, Joe and Madison, you'll have to wait till next week. Send me this text again because it's a long shot. We're going to talk about growing avocados. I can tell you what's on the agenda for next week. All right, now, gardening takes guts. I hope you got plenty of both. Get out there and do some good work. Come back again next week for more weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. You're about to fire up some delicious steaks in the backyard and suddenly the wind blows out your propane grill flame. Now what? First, turn off the gas and open up the grill lid. Check your grill manufacturer's instructions for when it's safe to relight the grill, but always leave the gas off and the lid open for at least five minutes before relighting. And remember, never lean over the grill during lighting or cooking. Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. A lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they're not online. With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Every day, I see people in crisis. 
On the surface, they need a good meal. Deep inside, they need hope. On my best day ever, I can't save anybody. But we each can be a tool God uses to change a life. I want to challenge you. Allow God to use you to help someone else today. Check us out at gatewaymission.org, helping people right here in Jackson, Mississippi. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 